What's up, Armchair Army? This is not your normal host, Garrett Wise. This is actually just Hunter Saffle here, sitting here solo in the studio by myself. No, this is the time of year where, you know, draft season's upon us, and you guys probably are drafting right now or sometime soon, and we want to prepare you guys as much as possible for these drafts, and so um, we're trying to get as much content as we can out to you guys, and so this is, today is a situation where uh, we couldn't get all the armchair art analysts here in the studio, and so I had some information I wanted to give, and since the studio is at my house, it's a little bit more convenient for me to be able to sit down and record and get this stuff out to you guys. And so um, today I just want to talk about league winners. Um, these are just guys that, you know, whether their situation has changed in recent year or in this past year, or maybe we just see that they are more talented and they're, they're getting better as every year goes on. And um, whatever that might be, they're falling in drafts. You know, we, we just think that their value is too high. And these are guys that we really like. And we just think that these kind of guys can, you know, when you're your fantasy league, every year there's there's a guy that pops. Um, think like Cooper Cup last year, Debo Samuel last year. Guys that you got, you know, that fell later in drafts that um, have the talent and they were in situations that we knew were going to be good, but um, for some reason we let them fall in drafts. And then the lucky guys who drafted those um, players, you know, they, those players hit and they take off and they win your league. I mean, I'm sure a lot of championship teams last year had guys like Debo Samuel on their team. A guy like Tom Brady at the quarterback position who you drafted probably in the 10th to 12th round, something like that last year. So um, these are this is just a short list. Uh, this is going to be a pretty short episode. It's a short list of guys that we feel are league-winning type players for your fantasy league. And, um, and, and I'm talking about PPR league. So whenever I talk about a couple of wide receivers here, I am talking about a full PPR league. But... Um, but anyways, I'm going to kick it off. Um, number one on my list is C.D. Lamb. And yeah, C.D. Lamb is a very talented wide receiver. That's that's nothing that, you know, that that's not like eye-popping information that, that, that people don't already know about. But um, C.D. Lamb's actually being drafted, you know, like the wide receiver five to six, seven range in the middle of the second round. And to me, like getting a guy right there, I'm, I'm very comfortable having him as my wide receiver one. Uh, this team has they're they're losing um, their their wide receiver one from last year and Amari Cooper that's that's over a hundred targets and they're and C D Lamb already had well over a hundred targets in that offense already so like this is this offense was um, one of the highest pace of play offenses last year they're gonna move the ball up and down the field like crazy and C D Lamb is their number one pass catching option I mean Gallup Michael Gallup there is there but um. <clears throat> But he has an ACL injury. He's going to be missing week one. James Washington, who they acquired in the offseason, he has a broken foot. And so, like, if, if you're digging into what's going on at training camp, yeah, Zeke and Pollard are getting some hype. CeeDee Lamb, of course, is going to have some hype. But guys like Kevontae Turpin and I don't even know how to say his name, but Sim, Simi Fajoko, when guys like that are getting hyped up and th- at the wide receiver position, that just, that just should tell you, that should be red flags right there. And that should tell you that CeeDee Lamb is just going to eat in this offense. And so CeeDee Lamb's uh, ceiling is, to me, I mean, he could lead this, he could lead the NFL, lead the NFL in targets and receptions this year and be the overall wide receiver one. And if you can get someone like that in your second round, like that, that's a huge hit. And to me, he's going to be number one on that list. Number two on the list, just moving right on, is Saquon Barkley. 
think about that for a second. Saquon Barkley, I know that sounds awful. That sounds, you know, dirty. You don't, most people aren't going to want to draft Saquon because of his history and recent history. But if you think about his situation and where he's at right now, I mean, this is a workhorse back drafted late in the second, early third round. He has elite pass catching ability and he's already one full season removed from his ACL injury. So like the injuries behind him, he played a full season last year, healthy, and he's got a chip on his shoulder to prove, prove something to everybody. I mean, people are still talking and chirping in his ear about the injury and how he's not been productive as he was his rookie season. And so Saquon's a guy who's going to be on the field every single down. This offense is not going to be great. And so they're going to have to give Saquon the ball. So he could, regardless of how efficient he is on the ground or when he catches the ball, he's going to be used. He's going to volume his way into fantasy relevance. I mean, think Najee Harris last year. Daniel Jones hasn't shown to throw him or throw the running backs the ball very much, but I mean, we haven't seen Daniel Jones take on Barkley on the field a lot together. And if this offense wants to move the ball down the field, they're going to have to give Saquon the ball. He is their, their most elite talent on the field. And so he's, he has shown us already that he can catch a hundred balls in a season. I know that was a long time ago with Eli Manning, but I do think he has 70 to 80 catch upside with Daniel Jones. And this team is going to be in a negative game script almost every single game. They're not very good. So this team's going to be in a negative game script. They're going to be behind, which means they're going to be passing the ball a lot. And most of the time when that's happening, you know, quarterbacks are scrambling and dumping the ball down to the running backs. Saquon Barkley's elite. He can break tackles. He can move up and down the field very, very easily. I mean, he's a great, great athlete. So to me, getting someone like that that has, you know, he's shown us he could be the running back one in fantasy football. But he's also, I mean, but he's shown us that he has that. And so, I, and in my opinion, like, if you're getting that late second, early third as your RB2, I mean, or if you go two wide receivers early and you get him as your running back one with two elite wide receivers, to me, that's starting your draft off fantastic. You're sitting pretty right there. And so um, I think Saquon has the ceiling to be a league-winning guy in your fantasy league. Moving on to number three. This is a guy that as the... As the offseason and the season creeps up to us, I just keep getting higher and higher and higher on it. And that's Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is being drafted in the seventh to eighth round or so. Um, and, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but in a full PPR league, Hunter Renfro was actually the wide receiver 11 last year. So getting a guy who was a wide receiver one in fantasy last year in round seven to eight, I mean, like, that that's a steal. That's a big-time steal and a guy that you can play in your lineup every single week. And I know there's question marks. Like, Darren Waller wasn't hurt last year, so they had to use Hunter Infro. They just got Devontae Adams. Well, Darren Waller, where the heck has he been? Darren Waller's had a hamstring injury and has missed almost the entire training camp. Well, the reports are hamstring injury and undisclosed issue, whatever the heck that means. But this Raiders offense and this Raiders team i mean they have a brand new coaching regimen or uh, scheme and this this coaching staff has was a staff that made Wes welker in the patriots offense relevant they also made julian edelman relevant julian edelman was a top 16 wide receiver every year that he played at least 14 games if you could draft julian edelman in round seven to eight, he was going to be your wide receiver two or three every single year. And Hunter Renfro has shown that he has that kind of ceiling, that upside. I mean, he literally did it last year. And so, I mean, Hunter Renfro is a guy who can get open. He has elite 
I mean, Devontae Adams has already been talking him up this year about how much he's learned from him as far as like separating. And so, um, I mean, in that offense, yeah, there's going to have, they're going to have two mouths to feed in that um, wide receiver room. But I think, um, I think with this new coaching staff that they're going to, when you have talent like that on the field, you've got to make, make room to get these guys the ball. Devontae Adams is going to eat. He's going to do his thing. But it is in the realm of possibilities that Hunter Renfro is a high upside wide receiver too. And like I said, if you can get that, I mean, you're, you're drafting him as your wide receiver three or four um, this late in drafts. And if you can get that kind of upside that late in drafts, like that's a steal. And I'm, I, I can almost guarantee you, you will see Hunter Renfro on quite a few fantasy championships this year because people are sleeping on him. Um, he has a lot of upside. People are sleeping on him. He's going to be on championship rosters. You can mark it down right now. Moving on. The next guy on our list is going to be Travis Kelsey. And again, a lot of these guys are, are guys that might, well, I say a lot, There's so far this will be the third one on this list that are drafted early. But um, even us, like uh, the analysts, like we we are kind of a little bit lower on Travis Kelsey than most are because we have Mark Andrews in our um, consensus number one ranking and tight end rankings. But Travis Kelsey is a guy, I mean, I, th- I think we have recency bias or maybe we're just tired of what like it's him being elite is just so normal that we just forget about how actually how good he really is because Travis Kelsey if you didn't know already he was the tight end two last year but before that five seasons in a row is the tight end one and that's with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes and so he's being drafted late first round middle early to middle second round and this Kansas City offense is actually one of the most or one has has some of the most vacated targets in any league, any team in the league, and I mean Ty- Tyreek Hill had like 160 targets just himself last year, and so those targets have to go somewhere. And I know we've talked about on this podcast before about how vacated targets tend to go to the running back, and, I, and I'm sure that a lot of targets will go to the running back. But even if Travis Kelsey gets what he had last year, and then you give him some of Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill's targets, he's going to be that much better for fantasy football and and yeah there's there's an age uh, people are concerned about his age sometimes but like I don't I don't think that's going to slow him down this year and if you're if you're the kind of person who wants to draft an early tight end just so you can get that positional advantage Travis Kelsey's the perfect pick right there I mean he's about as safe as it comes late first early second um to get 100 plus 120 plus catches multi, double digit touchdowns in an offense where Patrick Mahomes already trusts him He's gonna eat. I mean, I mean, it's it's just it's a perfect situation, and I think a lot of people are start are sleeping on him a little bit because uh, he's starting to fall. And to me, I just think that he's a league winning type of talent, and I think we might actually see one of his best seasons he's ever had this year. Next guy on my list. This one might be a little controversial, but um, that name's DeAndre Hopkins. And D-Hop, I know he has a six-game suspension. But like Hunter Renfro, he's being drafted in like the late seventh, early eighth round. And I don't know if you remember or not, but like D-Hop was averaging like just under 17 points per game last year in the seven healthy games when the Cardinals were winning. So Kyler Murray loves DeAndre Hopkins, loves him some DeAndre Hopkins, Get throws him the ball, he gets touchdowns. I mean, we, I think we forget too because of this injury that how elite of a talent he was. I mean, there was a season a couple years ago where DeAndre Hopkins literally had zero drops. 
He's one of he has some of the best hands in the league. He's a great route runner. He gets touchdowns. He he catches a lot of balls. He just doesn't drop balls. And so he's going to be a guy that even though he has to miss six games, if you have the roster construction to where you can stash him and hold him, or if you have an IR spot where you can draft him and at the end of the draft move him to IR, then go pick somebody up off waivers. Like he's the guy that you can hold on to. Which I guess I don't know if he's he may not be IR eligible, but regardless, if you have the construction where you can draft him and hold on to him as a wide receiver three or four because you're drafting him in the eighth, like can you imagine having him and a Devontae Adams or somebody on your team at the end of the year, you know, or or a Cooper Cup if you get him in the first round? Like he he has wide receiver one upside. We've seen it every single year of his career. This offense will move the ball. They're going to score a lot of points. He will get. He will be on a hundred plus catch uh, pace once he comes back. Obviously, he may not get to that hundred catch threshold because he's going to miss six games. But once he's back, like he's he can be. He, he will be on that pace. I mean, they're they're going to give him the ball because you got to give your best players the ball. It's just gonna, it's just how it happens. Like it's just it's just how teams like this operate. And so, um, DeAndre Hopkins, he's a guy you can get super late. And it's it's a risky pick, I know, I get it, but I can I can almost guarantee you, like I was talking about with Hunter Renfro, he's going to be a guy that people will have on their rosters when Championship Sunday or Championship Week rolls around, and he'll probably win win a lot of championships for people. And the last guy on my list, and I'll be quick with this one, but this is Trey Lance, the fantasy community is super high on this dude, and. I think the more I think about it, I didn't want to be high on him. But the more I think about it, the higher I get on him. And he is a guy, because because his situation reminds me so much of Lamar Jackson's back in 2019. So, And we've heard us tell a story about Lamar Jackson, his MVP season, and how me personally, I missed out on him. And it was one pick away or two picks away from my pick. And I had Lamar Jackson in my queue. Like I was ready to have him. And he went on to win MVP that season. And I think Trey Lance has that kind of potential for this season. So he's being drafted, you know, anywhere from I've seen him drafted in the eighth round. I've seen him drafted as low as the 10th round. And so a guy like him with his crazy cheat code upside with uh, his rushing ability for fantasy, he has that kind of potential and that kind of um, ceiling like Lamar Jackson had. Um, and he could even be a little bit more efficient or as efficient as what Lamar Jackson was throwing the ball because he's not going to have to. This is a run-heavy offense. I mean, they, they ran the ball like crazy last year, and I think it's only going to get more run-heavy with Kyle Shanahan scheming this offense up around Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a first-year starter. You know, he's he has, like I said, that rushing ability that's, you know, just pretty, pretty dang elite. And so... Um, them scheming the offense around him run heavy, I think that's just going to give him more opportunities to rush the ball. Not only that, but goal line opportunities as well. And so um, I easily could see him rushing the ball well over 100 carries, you know, and getting 700 to 800 yards. And I think he has the potential to be like a 1,000 to 1,200-yard rusher like Lamar Jackson was his um, MVP season. And so Trey Lance has that kind of upside. And it's it's a risky pick later on, but, I mean, that's someone you can get but also, outside of his rushing ability, he does have a strong arm. He can chunk, chunk the thing down the field, and he's, he's surrounded by weapons. He's got guys out of the backfield who can catch the ball, but not only that, he's got George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the league. 
He's got Debo Samuel, who I talked about earlier being a league winner last season. And he's also got Brandon Ayuk, who's been hyped up all camp long. And so those three weapons alone are enough to make a quarterback fantasy relevant. But then you add the rushing upside that Trey Lance brings to the table. He's the kind of guy that you can get super late and put him in your QB spot, sit it, forget it, let him put up 25, 30 points a game, and just let him eat all night. So anyways, that's my list of league winners, guys. Um, If you can, get these guys wherever you can. I think these guys are going to be the types of players who can win you a fantasy championship. Um, I'll run through that list real quick again. It's CeeDee Lamb, Saquon Barkley, Hunter Renfro, Travis Kelsey, DeAndre Hopkins, and Trey Lance. Go get these guys. Good luck if you're drafting any day soon. See you later, guys.